When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. It's now our pleasure to welcome in this week's special guest. He is Jerome Pooh Richardson, 10-year NBA career, drafted 10th overall by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Thanks for joining the show. And, and Stacy was telling me a story before the, we came on that you guys were playing in a youth tournament and, and you were feeding them no, the ball. No, college con- tournament. College it tournament? Was a college tournament before yeah. the draft. Well, tell the story, yeah. So, Pooh, I was telling about we, we were on the same team uh, in the last game that we played in the, at that college tournament in Orlando. And, right, and, right, and, yeah. And I had like 48 points that last game, and you was feeding me every single time down the floor. And I was going up against Cliff Robinson, who was talking trash in the practice, because we used to have to practice before we actually played these yeah. games. And I came down. I wasn't even going to play in the game because we had just lost the tournament uh, in the tournament. And so I was just kind of ticked off. So uh, Pat Williams called me up and said, hey, you know, we, we're starting this tournament in Orlando. We'd like you to come down and play, da-da-da. I'm like, well, you know, lottery players don't necessarily play in those kind of games. Right. And so he talked me into it. I went down there, and the practices, we never, it was like it was like a combine. And dudes was coming at us. Like, I mean, like, if you was a lottery pick, they was coming at you. Like, I'm like, <laughs> well, okay, y'all, I got to – I wasn't doing too good in the practice. I ain't going to lie. I didn't, I, didn't look like a, I didn't look like a lottery pick in the practices. But when them lights came on, yeah. it was game time, and it really counted. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was looking like a lottery pick. So Cliff Robinson, RIP Cliff Robinson, Uncle Cliff, he was yeah. a good dude, though. Uh, you know, he was talking trash <coughs> in the practices. I'm going to bust you. I'm going to bust you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then uh, so he was talking before the game. So Pooh was like, yeah, we got him. Don't worry about that. I got you. I got you. <laughs> so I got you. Don't worry about it. So about we started playing. I was rolling. Boom. You know. Just scoring at wheel. Boom, 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 boom. And he's like, I'm gonna feed you every time, big fella. Kill him. Kill him. Go at him. Go at him. And he would because Pooh was always Pooh was always demonstrative. He always he would talk trash. Uh he was talking trash for me. And so he's like, kill him. He can't guard you. Show him why, show him why you a lottery pick. He he can't guard you. Eat him up, King. I'm coming to you again. Get on the block. Get on the block. He talked me the whole way. I had 48 points. And it was because of him. It's all about a great point. You know, you know what? When you go in those things, uh, it's like all-star games and, and camps or evaluation camps they, they do for the young kids. And most of the time, the balls are in the guards' hands. And they can determine how you're going to play or how you're not going to play. They can play loose and crazy, and it'd be about themselves. And that's that becomes the pick the pickup or the schoolyard game. Or you can play smart and work your big guys and let your big guys be successful. And then you ride off of them. I had the I had the fortunate pleasure to have you and Mike Smith on my team. So I had two guys that I didn't have in college that I could actually feed underneath the basket that can score. So that was just a, a new thing to me, but it was fun. And it made the game for me so easy. 
because at the same time, you were solidified being the top five pick. You know, I was on the second end of that, could have fell six or eight, something like that. You was all, you know, so I still had to do my job. But at the end of the day, it was all about you guys because I was just I just fed off of you guys. Stacy's told us some stories about his time with the Minnesota Timberwolves. You were the very first draft choice when they came into the league. What was that like for you playing, coming into the league, playing on an expansion team? Was was Bill Musselman the coach then at that point? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Coach Muss was there. You know, may be blessed and rest in peace. Yes. Um, it was. Um, you know what? A lot of people would say it was uh, a good thing because you can play right away. But it, it's some pros and cons to that because you don't have pretty much a veteran group of guys to help lead you, to get you kind of ready, all the way ready. Even though in the summers at UCLA, the guys play there all the time. The pros always played there since I was there and before me. So I had the experience of playing against a lot of the pros and I was comfortable. But, you know, when you're actually in the pro game and just learning – how to play in your development of your skills and understand how to play with professional guys who's actually 10 to seven years older than you. Uh, you coming in, you're 20, 21 years old. It's it's a whole different dynamic. And and the, un, the good thing about it was I did get a chance to play early when other guys had to sit behind guys and learn. But, you know, the con behind that is I played on a team full of guys that were supplemental draft guys. Yeah. who felt they belong. So they wasn't teaching me, showing me nothing, because they was just trying to establish themselves <laughs> that they're bona fide NBA guys. So I, I had that struggle for a minute, and most of the guys were from the CBA, which Coach Bill Musselman coached. So he had his favorites, and, and I dealt with a lot, man. I, I, it, might, it might not look like it, but I dealt with a lot. Talk a little bit about growing up in Philadelphia, and we, we all know the stories, you know, in Philadelphia and the summer leagues out there. Here you are a kid on the East Coast, but you end up on the West Coast. You probably could have went to any school. You were a McDonald's All-American, could have went to any school that you wanted to. What what made you, well, other than the weather, what made you what made <laughs> That's you a good choose? reason. What, what was other, your other, reason? other than the weather. <laughs> <laughs> what was your reason? Well, you know, well, I look at it like this. Um, Walt Hazard was the coach at the time. Maybe rest in peace. Coach Hazard was there and Coach Andre McCarter, two guys who was actually from Philadelphia, okay. two guys who was guards actually from Philadelphia. And um, it actually came down to me either going to Syracuse, uh, Temple, or UCLA. And I decided to go back west. You know, they when I went to my visit, it was in November. It was really cold in Philly. I get off the plane. It's about 90 degrees. And I get a chance to UCLA play against Nebraska football and the tailgate and just that whole experience was, I was like, man, I, I can do this. I can, I can actually live here. And once I decided that I can live, because all me making the decision of going to school was going to be all about, is this a place that I can live? If basketball doesn't take me to where I hope it take me, you know, it, it, it got me to college. Could I live this place just being a guy with a job? you know, quite naturally through relationships and all people you meet in college, could I live here? And the answer was yes. And then that's, that helped me make the decision. How much pressure is there on college athletes at UCLA? It might not be the same now, but back then, you know, you were a ways removed from the John Wooden era, but there was a period of time where UCLA was winning the championship almost every year. When you first arrived on campus, did you feel like, 
wow, I'm, I'm, I'm the point guard at UCLA and, and, and I've got to run this club. Did you, did you put extra pressure on yourself to try to uphold the UCLA tradition? Well, you know, it, the first thing I did was, was basically try to introduce myself to the upperclassmen, you know, because there was a bit, slight bit of little intimidation they felt because, you know, the, the things pointed my way. My, my two coaches, the head coach and assistant coach, were both from Philadelphia, and they were guards, and I'm a guard from Philadelphia. They struggled the, prior, the year before that at the guard position. So I'm sure that, you know, they wasn't accepting me too kindly. That's that's anything. When you go to competitive sports, you're going to get that. Uh, so the first thing I did was introduce myself to the guys and, and let them know I'm just a regular guy, and we're going to compete hard, but we're teammates. And all I did was just compete it and, and stay true to the – to the grind of the game and had a chance to talk to coach Wooden a few times on a few occasions, just about just basketball and, and, and what it means to play at UCLA because you knew, but you really didn't know because that was the era when the big East was taken off. And when you started going towards the Midwest, you had Stacy and those guys, and then you had UNLV. So you didn't really get to UCLA, you know, during that era. But it, it was it's great tradition. I learned more about the tradition probably my second and third year there than I, than I knew coming in. The coolest thing that, that I ever had uh, was being able to talk to John Wooden at the Wooden Awards and, and spent like an hour sitting there picking his brain and, and talking to him about, you know, not just the history of, of UCLA, but just the, the evolution of the game and how far it's come. Now as, a, as, a, as older guys like ourselves – what do you think about the game and the evolution of the game now? Because it's totally different from when we played to where it is now. Well, I get in constant arguments. Um, I do agree that the players of today's era are really are, are really athletic. They are, I think that's the best as far as raw talent that the league has ever seen. And I think it's even getting even more uh more athletic because of the training facilities and the training regiments and they doing it at such a young age when we we normally didn't lift weights until we got in you know our second year of college these kids are lifting weights and doing all these things in third and fourth grade so the athleticism there but i still debate the skill level a lot of those guys who play today which i love i love i love it i love the game but a lot of those guys cannot do the things that were demanded of us to do when we played. They got three and D guys. Then they got a two-way guy. I'm like, what the hell is a two-way guy? You couldn't play if you didn't play defense. Exactly. So now you're, you, you're getting a, a, a double title because you played defense. Well, that was expected of us if we was going to be out there on the court. And the guys who shot threes, you defended. You shot the three. And if you didn't make the three, you sat. And they were, they were specialists, though. They were specialist guys. Um, guys who played all the time, started and in a rotation like myself. You expected to play defense, and you expected to play the other team toughest guard in that position. They didn't hide you. You didn't get low management and all this other stuff. We never got that. So that's what's a little different about the game to me uh, today than yesteryear. Because yesteryear, 
it was it was more about the skill. You had to have a skill level. If you run and jump, that was okay, but you had to have a skill level. You had to make that mid-range. You had to be able to get other players involved. You had to feed your big guys. Your big guys stayed underneath the basket. It's, it's different now. Big guys is out in the perimeter. Little guards is penetrating, going to the basket anytime they felt like it. It didn't happen when we was playing. After you left Minnesota, you went to Indiana, which is one of the Bulls' biggest rivals in, in the division. And, you know, you played with another UCLA great and Reggie Miller. What are your recollections of your battles against Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Stacey King, and those Bulls? Well, the Bulls were tough. I mean, they, they were just hard to beat. Um, you just knew that you had to play your best for four quarters. If you left a window open, even in the fourth quarter with four minutes left, you're probably going to lose that game. you most likely going to use the, lose that game, especially in Chicago Stadium. Um, those great times, there was great atmosphere. I, I was very happy for Stace and BJ. We all came in at the same time. And for them to get rings and, and be a part of that. And, and I, I'm here to say, I'm sure they probably felt that they could have done more in the league because they were capable. Now they were capable guys. Now they could have done more, but for what they did for their team and for what the success that they had, I'm telling Stace, just like I talked to BJ about two weeks ago. And I'll say you guys, you guys was in a great spot. And, and you shouldn't feel like you missed left, left nothing on the table. You guys, because you, I wish I would have had what you guys had. I agree with you. I, agree. I, I tell people that all the time. Like, to, to be on a, on a championship team, you know, there's, the pie is big enough for everybody. You know, there'll be some people get more pieces than others, but the pie is big enough for everybody. And I would rather, me personally, I would rather win than be on a losing team and getting my butt kicked every single night and not even having a chance to win. When you're on a team that every night you step on the floor, there's a 90% above chance you're going to win that game. And when I went to Minnesota, uh, I went from the penthouse to the outhouse. I ain't going <laughs> to lie. But the only thing, only thing that was good about that poo for me was is that I got to prove to myself, given the opportunity to play 30-plus minutes compared to playing 18 to 20 minutes, what I right. actually could do. Like, I could actually score at this level. I could actually put up numbers. I could actually do some things. So it proved it, it really proved to myself, like, okay, like, I can still do this, what I was doing in college, but I'd rather take them rings, though. I, I'd still rather take those rings if I had to do it all over again. Well, Stace, let me tell you, from my perspective and when I saw when I seen you play the first time you didn't need to go to Minnesota to, to figure out you can do what you can do because you can do what you can do regardless <laughs> tell tell our audience Pooh, what you're doing now I know you've been coaching some AU you've been doing a little coaching oh well what I've been doing is that I, I live now uh, too many people I don't know if you're familiar with the Palm Springs area yeah um that's near it well one of the biggest thing they have now going every year is that Coachella Fest stuff so I live in the Palm Springs area, which is about an hour and a half out of Los Angeles. I've been there for the last eight years. Um, I play a lot of golf. I play a lot of pickleball. And I just <laughs> I, I, I donate a lot of my time to youth organizations, YMCA, Boys and Girls Club, the local junior college. That's why I'm out here in Santa Barbara now. And uh, Rancho Mirage High School back there. Um for the most part, that's that's what I do, man. That's what I do. I think uh, now I've been blessed to have an opportunity 
to play the very sport that I love and to fulfill my dreams. And I took care of myself the right way. And this is the time now I have just all for myself. You know, my kids are grown. Uh, just me and my wife. That's it. We good. Pickleball, huh? I'm, I'm getting into that, baby. I'm getting that pickleball. Hey, I just talked. I, I talked to Jamie Foxx the other day. He, he make paddles, right? Yeah. So he says, look, you know, I'm, I'm in London shooting a movie. When I come back, you know, we're going to play because he just got finished getting some courts built at his home. Wow. I mean, this guy is serious about it. And not only that, he's going to do an entertainment league. And your boy Mitch Richmond is out here. Yep. And a lot of those guys, you know, they're going to play in that entertainment league you're going to have doing the pickleball. That's big time now. That thing has exploded. Yeah, and it's really easy here because you can play outdoors all year round. Oh, nice. Hey, we got to ask you about the nickname. Is it as simple uh, as the Winnie the Pooh, or what's the uh, origination of the Pooh nickname? Well, my grandmother did that when I was when I was little. I was a chubby baby, and I and she used to call me Pooh Bear all the time. So that's that's how that stuck with me. Uh, most of the time, it's so crazy because some people don't even know my real name. So it's almost <laughs> it's almost hard to shake now. But it's uh it's been a good thing, man. It's been a good thing. I, I'm not, you know, when your grandmother gave you a nickname, you know, you got to go with it. Absolutely. And, and you know the other guy named Pooh, don't you? Guy named yes. De- Derek Rose. D Rose. That's right. D Rose told me um, we was in um uh, because when he was coming into the league, he was he was represented by the same guy who represented me, which is Aaron Tellum. And I would Arn would always call me to, down to the gym because at the same time he was representing Russell. And they came out the same time, same year. They would work out against each other in the gym. That's the first time I make Derek's brother, Reggie. And he's like, you know, and Derek's like, they call me Pooh and and you know, we, we we joke about that a little bit. And then when I Minnesota brings me in periodically, he was there that night, he scored the 50 points or whatever. I was at that game. Um, I came to shoot around before that game and me and him, we talked about some stuff, you know, because he was making his transition to figure out, you know, he had five more years left, two more years, and you know, you know, the injuries, you know, injuries plague your career. So, you know. We had a good conversation, and uh, like lo and behold, he scored fifty points after the game. I was like, "Man, you might do this for ten more years." Hey, Pooh, there's another funny thing too. Is that uh, because you were that first pick with Minnesota that one of your cards recently sold, rookie card for twenty five grand at an auction? Is that right? Yeah, isn't that good news? Yeah. <laughs> too bad That's you didn't have cool. it. Too bad you didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Can you send Dude, us a couple? Yo, maybe, maybe the guy who spent twenty five might want to spend another twenty five because I got tons of those. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> All right. Well, leak those, leak them out slowly. Leak them out slowly. <laughs> yeah, don't oversaturate the market, right? <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Really, that's awesome. Yeah, isn't that something? All right, there's a bit of silence there. <laughs> it stunned us all. Honestly, <laughs> these things like when you when you in are like a new franchise or or something that's historical. Yeah. Even though, like I was telling Stacy, even though I didn't get the rings, at least I got that. Because I could have been in Sacramento. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You know, you it's thought funny. You were going I, to I thought I was going to Sacramento too. They took Purvis instead. So, yeah. but I, I tell you, I remember our first game. The Bulls came to play you guys. It was in the Metrodome, and we played in the, yes. the foot. Oh man, 
I'd say that was one of the oh, hardest. 40, it was yeah. forty thousand people. That was like that great, was like great playing, shooting backgrounds. It, huh? Oh my god! It was like it was like the NCAA tournament. Yeah. That's what it yeah, felt like. Yeah. I mean they they have a loyal fan I mean, base. They have a loyal fan base in Minnesota. Um, and it was it was that was forty thousand plus at the Metrodome, and that was one of the hardest yes. places. To shoot. Oh, I can imagine. Remember that? Pool? That was the second. That was the second largest crowd of uh, behind the Celtics. I think we had. I, I want to say we had fifty-two. Woo. 52 against the Celtics. But, you know, and I would and I'll say to people during that time, Minnesota was very hot entertainment wise. Yep. Prince. Janet was living there doing this, doing our stuff with Flight Time with Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam, Alexander O'Neill. Prince was just doing the Purple Rain and Cherry Moon stuff. And it was it was it was just station, you know, that, that Minnesota's always been the hidden gem. Yes. That's what people don't know. Oh. Really, it's really hidden gem. There's some great, there's some great gems Diamond down in the there. Rough. There's some great gems down there, boy. Oh lord! Oh my goodness! Original draft pick of the Minnesota Timberwolves. It was great visiting with Pooh Richardson. We're going to talk a little football and a whole lot more. So keep it right here. Episode 110 of Give Me the Hot Sauce.